Welcome to The Journey, an online commentary on today's scripture reading with Seth Davidson. Today's reading is from Acts chapter 24, verses 4 through 16. But I don't want to bore you, so please give me your attention for a moment. We have found this man to be a troublemaker who is constantly stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He is a ringleader of the cult known as the Nazarenes. Furthermore, he was trying to desecrate the temple when we arrested him. You can find out the truth of our accusations by examining him yourself. Then the other Jews chimed in, declaring that everything Tertullus said was true. The governor then motioned for Paul to speak. Paul said, I know, sir, that you have been a judge of Jewish affairs for many years, so I gladly present my defense before you. You can quickly discover that I arrived in Jerusalem no more than 12 days ago to worship at the temple. My accusers never found me arguing with anyone in the temple, nor stirring up a riot in any synagogue or on the streets of the city. These men cannot prove the things they accuse me of doing. But I admit that I follow the way, which they call a cult. I worship the God of our ancestors, and I firmly believe the Jewish law and everything written in the prophets. I have the same hope in God that these men have that he will raise both the righteous and the unrighteous. Because of this, I always try to maintain a clear conscience before God and all people. Well, did you know the first Christians were atheists? At least that's what they were regarded as by those of their peers in the first century world. They were called atheists because they didn't believe in the pantheon of Roman gods and instead claimed the lordship of one man named Jesus Christ, who had died and was raised, who was himself God in the flesh. And so the wider world referred to this first group of Christians as atheists. Well, those of their Jewish brethren who were waiting for the Messiah but did not see Jesus as the Messiah, they regarded these first Christians as a cult or as cult leaders. That is the case that is trying to be made by Tertullius. This is when Paul uh, is uh, in Jerusalem and he's standing trial. Actually, he's not in Jerusalem. He's traveled to, I believe, Caesarea, where he's standing trial before Felix. This is the first trial uh, that he has other than uh, the Sanhedrin. Uh, and, And so, Tertullius, they bring in the big gun lawyer, the high dollar man who's supposed to get a conviction, even despite not having the proper evidence. And the evidence he's trying to make is that Paul is starting riots and that he's part of this strange religion called a cult. And so Paul makes his defense starting uh, in verse 10. And he says, You know the Jewish laws. You know that I worship the same God, that that I have done everything in line with what the Old Testament scriptures say. We have the same hope uh, in God, verse 15, that these men have, that he will raise the righteous and unrighteous. We'll get to that tomorrow. We have a hope in resurrection. Uh, And because of this, I try to maintain a clear conscience before God and all. The people. So he affirms that this isn't a cult, that he believes in Yahweh and, and the Old Testament scriptures and, and the kingdom of God that's been prophesied about. 
He also says it's ridiculous, these trumped up charges. He has not started a riot. He has not desecrated the temple. What they're referring to is a Gentile was in the temple courts, uh, the, the court of Gentiles, which was proper for a Gentile to be in at the time. He was walking around the city of Jerusalem. But they're maintaining that this Trophimus was with Paul and that he was in the place in the temple where he shouldn't have been. Well, it, it, it's a lie. It is a fabrication. It is a made-up charge, as is the case with all these riots. And the reality is Felix knows that. Felix knows that. We'll see how he responds tomorrow. But Paul is saying, dude, we're not, we're not atheists. We serve the one true God, even though it looks different than anything else you see in the Roman religious system. And he's also saying, we're not a cult. We're not, I'm not a cult leader. We have the same hope. We've just found the person that that hope is, and that's Jesus. Um, but there's one other thing he says that I think is fascinating. It's in verse 14, and he says, but I admit that I follow the way which they call a cult. You see, in the days before they called it, they called believers in Christ Christians. And in those early days of that church, before they really had a title, or at least a widespread title, they were given the name by the outside world, The Way. Have you ever noticed that? There are a few times where these early Christians are called The Way. And here, Paul takes upon that name. Evidently, they'd been referring to themselves in the same way as The Way, which sounds all like, you know, secret club, maybe even cult-like. <laughs> but here's the deal with The Way. The way that they lived was so dramatically different than the world that everyone took notice. The, the Roman world who thought they were atheists, the Jewish world who thought they were cults, the one thing they couldn't argue about, though they disagreed about religious belief, was they practiced what they preached. The way that they lived was dramatically different. And we read throughout the book of Acts the joy about the church, the way that they provided the, for the needs of one another, for uh, the way they reached out and accepted the outsider, the ways that they took the truths of God so seriously, the ways they encountered the Holy Spirit the ways that that changed them from the inside out, the way that they lived was dramatically different. So much so that the world didn't know what to do with them. So much so that they were a threat to Roman occupation and to the established religious traditions. It's not because they weren't right. It's not because Jesus uh, was a myth. It's not because they were a cult or atheists. The reason they're on trial, <laughs> the reason Paul's on trial, is because the way that they lived is so dramatically different. It's creating a movement. It's creating waves within this first century, so much so that within the first 300 years of the church, over 50% of the Roman population would claim, and, and likely the known world, would claim to follow Jesus because the way that they lived was so dramatically different. And so this should cause us to step back and pause today, to look 
at, at Paul and that first church and the defense he makes and to look at our lives. Is the way that you and I live different than the world? Are people asking questions, not because we're weird or say certain things or hopefully not because we're judgmental or the like, but is there something about our way? Is there something about our lives? Is there something about our joy? Is there something about the way we build community or raise our kids? Is there something about a prevailing hope or an optimism or a way we can see the, the real challenges in the world but cling to faith and encouragement? Is there a way we meet the needs of the poor around us, uh, the physically poor and the spiritually and emotionally poor? Is the way that we live dramatically different? And maybe for you, is the way that you live dramatically different so that others are taking note? May this come as an encouragement and challenge to you and I today.